What's up and welcome back to episode 102 of Propel's Talk, presented to you by Boot Crew Media and Company Burger. Company Burger located at 4600 Ferret Street, Uptown, New Orleans. On this Sunday night, the Suns are being blessed right now, down 30, which is absolutely hilarious. Thank you to the Dallas Mavericks. Joined here with Lido with five. Uh, Schmidt jumping on the podcast as well. Fellas, how y'all doing today? Good, man. Good, good. Yeah, we, we're chilling, man. It's a, it's a beautiful Sunday. Folks getting blessed on this Sunday. Ooh. St. Luca. St. Luca, thank you. Say yeah, Luca. He, he's going off right now. But uh look, let's get into it. So we're gonna talk about you know draft prospects. Uh Schmitz will come on and talk about the draft as well coming up. Obviously, the lottery on Tuesday is gonna be interesting, but I did want to talk first to I'll start off with Lido. Uh, say we don't get the top four pick, right? Say uh falls fall, we get seven or eight, or maybe even nine. Um, you know, who could we target? And you know, before we got on the podcast, we started talking about a kid from Memphis, uh, who I think we both kind of like in Jalen Duran. So, yeah. you know, I want you, we, I want you to, we had a comparison, um, about Jalen Duran's game, and I want you to elaborate a little bit on that. Uh, well, before the pod started, we were talking about Jacks. Um, well, we weren't talking about Jacks, we were talking about Jalen, but we were saying that. Pretty much, if you draft him, he he does what Jacks or or he will do what we expect Jacks to do. Yeah, um, and that is you know roll hard, make the right reads, uh, just be a be a presence on a defensive end. And the thing the thing about him too, from what I've seen when I see him play, the games I've seen from him. He, anytime he's around the room, it don't matter who around. He dunking. He dunking everything around the room. Um, which, 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 with Jackson's athletic ability, you would expect him to do. Um, he a good leaper, man. He, he, you know, he, he's got like defense. I've seen, you know, he him display defensive principles where he doesn't go for the pump fake, stays on his feet very yeah. well. Um, and I just think. You know, if he's available, that's that's not somebody who I'm. You know, I'm I'm not gonna turn my nose up at that pick. I know I said what I said about who I want. And I, I definitely still want who I want. But if if that kid is available, I think he's 19 also. Yeah, he so he's 19 years old and like some some stuff about him, Lido's, uh, and he's got seven seven five wingspan. Also, he has the body that I want Jackson to have. You know, like he's kind of already polished. He weighs two. Yeah. He's 6'11", 215 pounds. He's pretty quick. He's pretty aggressive. He's pretty physical. Uh, and, you know, five, we talked about this with Jax. We don't know. It's the summer of Jax. We have no idea what's going to happen with him. But with Jalen, I feel like he is a way better version of Jackson Hayes. And if you select Jalen at, say, 7'8", you got to think that's that's it for Jackson, huh? Yeah, that's got it. has to be curtains. I mean, you don't need two of them. You don't need two projects on, on one team. Again, we've already talked about projects in the city of New Orleans. We don't need any more. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I think everything revolves around Jackson. That is so crazy. Every like everything revolves around whether we're keeping him or trading him. Yeah. Like whatever pick we get, you'll know. Um, hell, if you like Chet Holmgren, you don't like Jackson. Like it's so split. Like you can you can literally tell. He's either left or right. Well, we, Lido, you got your hand up. What you got, bro? No, nah, I was agreeing with you. You said if, oh. you, don't, if you don't like Chet Holmgren, if you don't like Chet, you don't like Jackson. Yeah, it's, it's either it's either vice versa, man. And, I, and 
I don't know. I, I still think highly of Jax. I, I know. Yeah. yeah, I'm giving too many too much leeway with him, but I still think he's like a unicorn, to be honest. He he is, uh, but you know, watching some film on Jalen today, he's he's kind of like the same guys Lido said, like he's got some bounce, he's physical, he's a great rim protector, he's got good touch around the rim. Um, and he's a guy that like like we're looking at the playoffs right now, right? Like I just saw Bismack Biombo come on and they just completely hunted him for five, five straight possessions, got five straight buckets. Same thing with Jonas Valanciunas. I think a guy like Jalen won't hurt you right in a playoff series. He can switch on to guards. He can play, you know, he can switch one through five and he's just an interesting, to- like an interesting target. I'm hoping for top four, but if we're looking to get like in the seven, eight range, he's really not a bad prospect at all. Um, next five, we'll, we'll start with you. Uh, and a, and a kid that I like, I, I you know, I, I watch a lot of Arizona basketball, um, but I think th- this kid might be one of the steals of the draft. I really like him a lot. Ben Matherin uh, out of Arizona and another guy that is built correct, right? I, I'm not saying correctly. The one thing about Chet, right, what we got a lot of shit for the uh, last week, <laughs> Chet's body ain't ready. Like he gets bullied a lot. These guys, Jalen and Ben, they're thick. They're strong guys, um, and I really like what I saw from him uh, this year. He's also a pretty good shooter. And a re- I think he was the most efficient scorer in the nation, if I wasn't mistaken, last year. I don't know. You know, I've I watched some tape on, on Arizona, and I've watched uh, – I think it's Matherin. I think that's how you pronounce it. Is it what did I say? Matherin? Matherin. It's okay. I, I, I'm just a stickler. Look how we, don't know, we don't know how to pronounce Kyra Akira. So yeah, we, yeah, we still stuck on that. He's been on our team. But <laughs> Reggie Bullock. <laughs> but no, I think I think he's I think he's really nice. A guy like I like his game. I think it fits. I think it's like an NBA game where you probably can put him on any team and he can play defense, be athletic, and he can shoot it. And also, five, one, one, I don't mean to cut you off because I don't want you to let you go. Uh keep uh talking about this, but he's also a really good slot cutter. And I know you love those kind of guys. Yeah, like, I, I think he I think he's a, he has a very high IQ. Also, he has a pull-up. Like, he has a, a – a, uh, I done knocked down two threes, give you one, and it's a pull-up It's a pull up bucket. Um, I really like him. I think he's I think he's a good pick. I wouldn't be mad. Again, I know I've been big on, hey, if we get if we don't get in the top four, just trade the pick. I don't, I don't care. Because I think our team for what it, or it is currently constructed just would need uh, someone else, uh, uh, a veteran. But yeah. if we were to get him at eight – I'm not really tripping. Uh, Lito, so, you know, I, I agree, Five. I'm, I'm completely with you. Another kid that's explosive. I think he's a sophomore, if I'm not mistaken. So we, we talked about IQ. Five always I love when he makes these points is that you need IQ basketball players. Go look at the teams left in the, in, you know, that, that Bucks Celtics game is full of IQ. Um, this kid has a good IQ on him. Uh, you know, he shot 38% from deep on six attempts. So, like, you know, a lot of that's a volume shooter right there and at also Lido, he's off ball he's very he moves a lot he likes to lift a lot from corner to wing from or likes to slide down from wing to corner um and those are guys that i think the pelicans need they need shooters and athleticism i feel like you get it with this kid yeah man i'm i'm a um i'm, I'm on his bandwagon i'm 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 totally cool with him he's six six he's got good length i mean he's athletic he's 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 like you said. He he has an NBA body already. Yeah. Um, he, he's under control, and he's a hell of an athlete. You know, he can he plays above the rim. 
you can never have too many athletes on your team. And shit, volume through me, he was good too. So I'm 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 not mad at that pick at all if he's available. Yeah. So Schmidt, we're talking about welcome to the show, Schmidt Dua, by the way. Um, join the show on this Sunday night. So Ben Matherin, is that correct? Is it Matherin? That's how I say it. So okay, yeah. So we're going to that, but we're talking about him, uh, Schmidt. What do you like from him? Because you know he's a he's a guy. Like he's a lot of off ball movement. Uh, he can shoot the basketball. He's really explosive. What do you what do you like from him? I, exactly what you just said. I think he is a movement shooter first and foremost. He can get around screens. Um, he has a variety of different ways he gets open. He's not one of those I'm gonna stand around wait for the ball. Uh, type of players and then when teams close out on him hard he can put the ball on the floor and then literally dunk it on you um he's kind of a menace in the open floor as well just because of his athleticism he plays above the rim and uh he can be a lot threat too at six six so there's a lot to like about that kind of player yeah and do you think he'll be available like around seven eight if the pelicans do uh fall in that little that's yeah so I think that's kind of the projection right now um obviously I think the Kings are a little bit of a wild card uh, they they also have a need for that kind of player. I know they just uh, traded for Dante DiVincenzo and he's due for a little bit of a, um, a race right here. And so maybe they think, okay, we're a little bit loaded on guards and they go in a different way. Maybe they go for someone bigger on the wing size. But they've been looking for a wing um, for, for quite some time. Portland could be a little bit of a wild card. But other than that, I, I can I, I anticipate him being there at eight. Okay, good. All right, so five. I want to go back to you here with Chet. And I actually watched some film on him today. I don't want you to breathe too heavily. It, it's the top. I like the topic. All right, Chet Holmgren. I watched some film on him today. Right. I. I. His body's not there. He's, he's not ready right now. Um, you want to win right now. Um, if it's, are you still standing on your on? If it's Holmgren at four and the Pelicans are there, we're still trading a week after after that take. Oh, look, on Tuesday, we'll find out the teams that have these picks. Yeah. If the the possibility of us having four, I just think we can get value later rather mm-hmm. than just grab Chet specifically for our team. This is not an indictment on Chet. Man, I like Chet Mix. I like I like all, like, you know what I'm saying? It's, it's all good. I just think for our team currently constructed, with Jackson Hayes, with people on this team currently, I don't think Chet is it. Now, if the team doesn't see it that way, they can get Chet. And I, and from that point, I know Jackson is gone. Like, I would know that instantly. But we're talking about right now, I don't need Chet on my team. That's okay. just me. And listen, I, I respect the hell out of your opinion, Schmidt. What, do you, what are your thoughts on Chet? Because... Me and five see it a little different. I think Lito does kind of like Chet a little bit more than me and me and five. I know you agreed with us, but he's still a good basketball player. Schmidt, what what do you see from him where he could struggle in the NBA? You're you're really leading me with that question, so uh, we'll call you out on that one first. But first of all, I I really like Chet. He's number two on my board overall, and that's not just for the Pelicans. That's just I think he's the second best player in this class behind Jabari Smith. Um, but, you know, with, with regards to where does he struggle, uh, obviously it's apparent the second you look at him. He's about, what, 150? <laughs> I don't really know how much he weighs, but he's skinny. Um, and, and to be a big and to, to have that slide of a frame definitely causes issues. Uh, we've seen it in other bigs before. We've seen it in Jackson, uh, first of all, in Jackson's, 
like 10 times the athlete that Chet is. Um, and, you know, we've seen it with Przingis, who is a little bit more skilled than Jackson, um, can shoot, can step out. But when when it comes to crunch time, when he was in Dallas, uh, they tried to post him up and they couldn't. You know, they, that guy couldn't even step in the paint. They would have six, five dudes pushing him out to the three point line when he tried to establish any kind of post position. Um, so my thing is, if you're drafting Chet to be a post player, you're you're making a mistake. You know, you're you're not drafting him to to bang mm. down there with the bigs. Um, you're drafting him because of the skill and versatility that he brings at his size. I think he's going to be a good shooter uh, in the league. I think he's already a very very good passer. Um, he can put the ball on the floor, and he's just a very smart, high IQ player. If you think the future, um, I guess not in just for the Pelicans for the league is more. Uh, you're playing small ball centers like the Grant, uh, Grant Williams types that we just saw with the Celtics. I mean, shout out Horford. He was, he's playing really well. But, you know, if you're if you're playing the Larry Nances, the Grant Williams, the big forwards, you know, Draymond in, in, um, in Golden State, I think you can play Chet in that kind of environment because you can have someone else that's a little bit, I guess, stronger to, to bang with some of the stronger players. And you use Chet as like the weak side uh, help rim protector that he is. Or you kind of do a Brooke Lopez style where you put him on the weakest shooter and you kind of camp him by the paint and you just ask him to close out. You know, hopefully that guy's not going to be Grant Williams and hit seven threes in one game. But, you know, I think that's a viable uh, defensive strategy. So I think I think he's going to be a good defender. Um, just I, I think if you're asking him to be a center, especially early, if you're asking him to do any of the big man stuff, you're, you're making a mistake and, and really um, – you know, if the Pelicans were to draft him, you want to play him next to Jonas. Uh, you want to play him in small units, maybe next to Zion. You definitely don't want to play him at the five. Uh, but what I will say is when any of these brass prospects that they're drafting, they can't do it with next season. They just can't. They got to look at the next eight years because that's that's how long a draft <laughs> prospect that hits is going to be on your team at the minute. Right, the two contracts worth. Um, obviously, if you hit on a, a superstar, the the goal for every franchise is to get them to sign that third contract, and very few franchises are successful with that. Um, and you just don't see role players signing three contracts uh, with a team like twelve years with a team that just doesn't happen. But eight years—that's that's the goal with a top ten pick. And and you can't look at, in my opinion, you can't make decisions based off of your roster today, knowing that roster may very well be different by February. Um, and so you just kind of have a, got to have a long-term approach there. Lito, go ahead. Or five. No, so, man, I'm so happy. Uh, Shemit said that I, I, I view Chet as a seven foot small forward. I, I think in the, and you, <laughs> you kind of led him into a question about where he would struggle. So, you know, I think he's going to struggle, like he's like Shemis said, he's going to struggle to me more offensively than he is defensively because defensively, at least he can help on weak side stuff. He can rotate. You know what I'm saying? He was pretty good at that when I when I watched One him. One of the best, in, I think, yeah, in the nation. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, you know what I'm saying? And he's he's a he's an exceptional shot blocker. He, he, has, he has great timing with his blocks. Like he uh, – uh, uh, Exceptional might have been strong. He's a, he's a, he's a good shot blocker. <laughs> he's Bye. a good shot blocker. But 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 like Shemit said, also the thing you're drafting him for is, and my player comparison for him is actually Porzingis. Like that's 
what I what I see from him for better or for worse, I suppose. But he has, you know, he has length, he has quick hands. Um, he he is very like smooth with the ball and the open court. Like he you forget he's seven foot, man. He's he he's under control. Um, he seems to have a really a really nice handle for a guy his size. I think Chet is an interesting prospect, and I'm not as down as him, as down on him as people think I am. I just want Jabari. That's all. That's totally <laughs> it. Like, if not, man, I'm just if I gotta pick a unicorn, I'm going with the unicorn that I, I know is a sure thing. You know what's funny is Jabari gets Porzingis comps too because they say his handle isn't quite there. He's not used to you know kind of like putting players in the basket. He doesn't really play behind. Um, he doesn't really try to post up. He tries to shoot over people, and and it's it's crazy to me that there's two different like Porzingis comps <laughs> here, um, but they both do kind of like very different things. Because I think Jabari is going to be able to switch one through five, and I think he he yeah. slides his feet so well defensively. He he just generates a lot of events in the defensive end on the perimeter, whereas Chet also generates a lot of defensive events, but it's at the rim. And, and he's, you know, probably not going to switch one through five. Like, I think he'll be able to, like, hold his own in space every once in a while. But I think the best guards are definitely going to be able to cook him. Um, and and they, they do that with everyone, right? Like, yeah. you know, we, we've seen – we threw we threw the kitchen sink at CP3 um, and could, couldn't do anything about it. And so it's just like, okay, can this guy impact the rest of my team defense? And I think with both those players, Shabari and, and Chet, they absolutely will – be uh, an asset to the Pelicans defense. Like in the- go ahead, go ahead, five. Man, y'all know Chet and Gonzaga pisses me off when they play these sorry ass teams, and we see these rankings of 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 Chet's numbers against teams because he's playing help side, and the guy he's guarding isn't really an offensive threat, so he gets these, uh, you know, backside blocks or, or whatever, you know, the help side blocks. Yeah. Which is cool. I think he's a really good player. I think he's offensively talented. He's gifted. Yeah. He's either going to play the four or the three. We kind of got some guys already. So my need for him isn't there. This is not an indictment on Chet Holmgren. Again, I like Chet Nix. Like this, this I can't. I can't do now. Jabari Smith. Jamari Smith is there at, at four. Guys, you got to understand that. I would. I would. You know. I'd be not opposed to. Like I. I would want that. That guy. He play basketball. We watched him, you know, in person. Or we watched him uh, together, and we had to show Justin like this guy's for real. Justin, we're shitting on my guy, man. I'm not shitting on the guy. You were. You were. There he said next to me, and he was like, "I don't see it." Constructive. Literally, submit the next plate. He posterizes the guy in the NCAA tournament, like the next play. So, that North, I'll tell you that that North Dakota State team is loaded. You know, but you I mean, keep giving me Chet Holmgren uh, stats. <laughs> no, no, that's 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 these two. I, I, I didn't give you stats at all. I, all just, right. he's a I haven't player. said one Chet stat yet. <laughs> I, haven't, I haven't said anything about a statistic. Regar- regardless, Chet Holmgren, if you're there for bro, this guy, if I were a GM, I'd pass. But that's just me based on this team. <laughs> Let's bring up another guy. I think that's an interesting target. Um, Schmidt, I'll start with you, who I actually I watched more film on him today. I really like him. Uh, I remember obviously watching March Madness, but A.J. Griffin, uh, a guy that I want to talk about filling a need. He's a hell of a shooter. I think he shot 44% from deep on four attempts this year. Um, I think actually beginning of the year, I think he might have hurt his knee, so he kind of got off to a slow start. But, but Schmidt, A.J. is a guy that, I mean, fits seamlessly with this team. 
Yeah, so AJ is a little bit of, has now become a polarizing player, um, surprisingly, right? Because you're looking at this guy, you're like, okay, 6'7", six, 6'8", six, maybe, you know, he's got yeah. a nice NBA frame. Um, and like you said, can shoot the lights out, was one of the best shooters in the country as, as a freshman. What's, what's interesting where people are, are getting divided on is, A, is this shot real, right? He has a little bit of a set shot in his form. Um, people are intrigued if he can get it off at the next level uh, quick enough, but also, like, is he going to be able to shoot off the dribble? Um, or is he going to be more of a standstill guy? And two, if the shot isn't real, what else does he do at an NBA level? Because, mm-hmm. and it may have been because of his injury, he looked a little bit less explosive um, than, he did, than he did in high school um, while he was at Duke. And you're like, okay, is he, is he a play creator? Is he a playmaker? Defensively, like, you know, he was just there. I, I think, like, he has the potential. I think he definitely has moments. Um, but I think there's a legitimate question is if that shot isn't real or if that shot isn't hidden at that 44% clip, how valuable of a, of a player is he? And does he, what is his pathway to becoming a star? Cause if he can, if that shot's real. And if he's hitting off the dribble jumpers like Jason Tatum, that's a star in the making, right? That, that's going to be an offensive, um, offensive like flamethrower. But if that's not there, you know, you begin to wonder one thing I think that he does have going for him. He's very, very, very young. Um, he's one of the youngest players in the class and, um, I have to look, but he might be almost like a year younger than Chip. Um, and, 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 and those, those things are important when it comes to the draft, um, ages, ages, definitely like, you know, I don't want to be like an ages because like Pelicans just drafted Herb and Trey and and Jose. And it's very clear that you can find talent at any, um, spectrum of the draft, but it's, it, I think it's a legitimate question when you start asking, okay, well, if an 18 year old was this good. How good would he be against college question uh, talent at, at 22 years old? Like, he, when when AD came out, um, he was that good as a freshman at 18. Anthony Davis was, you know, All NBA when he was 22, right? Um, Zion uh, put up tw- 27 points and 60% shooting um, when he was 20. And so, like, what are these guys gonna do when they're 22 against college competition? And that's why I think age is definitely an important factor. And AJ has that going for him. Interesting. Five. Go ahead. All right. Now you bring up somebody named like AJ Griffin. I, I would love, right? Because it say take somebody like Devontae Graham, right? We we talk about oh we haven't seen him with Zion because he was it was designated for him to play alongside Zion and Bi and catch and shoot open threes. You give me AJ Griffin, right? A legit set shooter. Like I I, I would I would agree with Schmidt right there. He's a legit set shooter, um, but he has a clip. Like, like it is consistent. Uh, you said early in the year he wasn't playing. He wasn't playing at all. Like, he literally had to come off the bench, and then he essentially forced Coach K's hand to force him to start because they just didn't have any shooting. Like, there were there were games where he would have four or five threes, like in a half, and, and it would, like, all right, you you have to play him. I would love for him at that size. Um, Defensively, he would have to get better at that size to be alongside a, a Zion, a Brandon, a CJ. You just, hey, bro, go shoot. I mean, they said the same thing about Halliburton in his shot. Like, it was a little funky. Mm. Yeah, he gets to create a little bit more. But, man, you're talking about space. Him, Trey Murphy, I, yeah. good luck. Yeah. Good luck. Because that's what we always talk about, right? With with Zion, you need space, right? Especially in the small ball lineups. Uh, you know, and, and Lido, I think that, 
This guy's an interesting prospect because I think that, say the Pelicans do get 10, right, or just nine, I think he might be there. And, you know, we, we've talked about trading back, and Griffin has done that, obviously, last year and, and trading back, I think, whatever it was, 11 or 13 to get 17 in Trey Murphy. Um, this is a guy that fills a lot of lot of holes uh, for this team. Yeah, man. Um I'm a Carolina fan as five knows. So I, I I had to I had to watch <laughs> I had to watch AJ Griffin, you know what I'm saying, come into his own this year. He's another Yeah, guy. I hit that yeah, I hit that vibrate button on the phone, whoever that is. <laughs> Damn, I can't, my bad. Go uh, ahead. Uh, mute. All right. <laughs> um yeah, he's another guy with a with the NBA ready body. He's Six six. I don't. I'm not sure of his weight, but he's a he's a pretty, uh, you know he's 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 a prototypical I guess NBA body type player, uh, on a wing. He is. I mean, he looks comfortable. With, he looks with a comfortable enough handle. He gets he gets downhill for what it's worth. But like Schmidt and Father said, the the real uh, tool in his his chest is the jumper, man, and. You know what I'm saying? I, I he he hits step backs. He hits the the the, the side step fadeaway. He's he's letting that thing go. And I think he shot like 45 percent on like all of his jump shots for the year. Mm. So I mean, if, if if that is available at eight or whatever, like yeah, that's that's and and the, the thing I think the thing that surprised me looking at him from the, when the season started, you know, he wasn't playing a lot to the end of the season is. He's got a he's I think the handle surprised me. He's got a sneaky handle and I thought he was just a uh I thought he was just a stand, a standstill shooter, but he's got a lot of he's got a little bit of a wiggle to his game. Like he can he could get his own shot and he he's probably going to be fine coming around screens and yeah. you know the reposition of the ball like the reversal of it and getting it back like I think it'll be this is an interesting prospect. I'm glad you brought that up, uh, Lito, because both the guys who talked about Griffin and uh, Matherin are good off-ball coming off screens. Like guys, like like when I think of off-ball screens, I think of like Clay Thompson guy just catch and shoot it. Those two guys are actually pretty good at the college clip. Um, Shimei, I want to get to you, and then obviously we're going to wrap up. I want to talk about a little bit of the Zion Williamson photos. But do you see this team trading, you know, if they don't get a top four, if they're in the five to ten range, do you see them trading back um, come draft day? I see it as unlikely. Um, I think they're going to explore all the options like every team will. But I think this year is a little bit different in two circumstances. One, there's no pressing need to get rid of any contracts. Um, there's no need to like, hey, they've got two players on this team. We just can't have going forward next year. There's none of that, right? Um, two, I think from my understanding with, with how the team feels, uh, they they like their options from and on the 8 to 10 race. They really do like their options. And I think it's one of those things where you're not sure when the next time you're going to get a top 10 pick is. And so you have this opportunity to select this high. I think they're really going to capitalize on it. Well, that's interesting. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't think about that. Five, would you, uh, I mean, coming off that comment for eight to 10 and we, we select one of those guys, you, you pretty content moving and moving forward. Or you still want to see it traded? It's, I mean, Obviously depends on the on the offer. Yeah, right? yeah, really would you be upset if they moved back in the draft? Like, no, would you be no, surprised? No, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be upset because I think Griff's one of those people. He he likes to better himself. Like he likes to. He'll take <laughs> if he's at four and he doesn't like fours pick. 
he'll drop back and because he'll know something in the back of his mind like all right i'm gonna turn this into a hurt I'm, I'm gonna do i'm gonna do a herb again like like i feel like he's like that like he holds on to people that he drives like he holds that near and dear to his heart so it's cool also i think this game's they're they're about 40. uh oh my God, that's <laughs> so, so but yeah man um I wouldn't. I wouldn't trip if they move back. I, I think Griff is about that life. Uh, and also, it's kind of like if he if he misses, it's okay. Like he still has a good team, so it's not really like a you know a, a issue or an opposing issue for him. Yeah. Okay. Um, I want to get something over the weekend. We'll wrap it up, but or, or that happened past week. Uh, start with you, Lido, and then go Shamit, and then we'll end it with five. But Lido. Photos of Zion Williamson coming out, working at Duke. And I talked about this a little bit last week, but I want to hear y'all's thoughts on it. I think it's, for the first time ever, I feel like he's being accessible. I feel like he's matured a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, I want to hear your thoughts on what – do those pictures mean anything to you and how he looks? Um, I mean, it's always good to see a guy who has not necessarily been in the best of shape in shape. You know, like that. that's always promising. It's never going to be a thing where – I'm I'm gonna say anything bad about that, especially if he feels comfortable enough not letting us see him more. Um, yeah, I think I think is I think being out of the spotlight, so to speak, and seeing your team excel, you know, without you, is, is something that will get your mind right. I think I think that's that's one of those like man in the mirror moments that he probably went through, and he realized that. Hey man, I'm fucking up. I gotta get my shit together. Um, and 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 life will humble you, man. Life will humble you. And he's probably never had to be humbled before in his life. You know, on the basketball side, I'm not like not not his personal life, but and so yeah, I I I, I take good things from that. I, he looked like he's in good spirits. He he, I know he likes being at Duke. So if he's training at Duke, if he's getting runs in that Duke, and yeah, man, do whatever you got to do. Give us give us Duke Zion. Yeah, <laughs> shit. I'll take that. Schmidt, um, contract coming up. Obviously, it's a contract year. Griffin came out after the year and said there were going to have to be something. You know, I guess I don't necessarily know what would have to be put in the contract, but it doesn't seem like it's be like a super max, like an automatic super max deal. Do you know of anything about that, or do you see that? Do you see the Pelicans offering a super max without any protection or anything like that? So uh, a couple of things. One, I think him making public appearances is, re- is related to the upcoming uh, contract coming up. I think, I think you have to show that you're invested. I think you have to show that you know, hey, I'm here, and you kind of have to earn the public goodwill back. Um, I, I know at, at times this season uh, he lost it, and I think the fans are very much ready and wanting to support this guy. They want to rally behind him, and so he keeps you know doing these things. Uh, I think he'll have that support. But two. Uh, with regards to his contract, I think that the Pelicans are in a position where they have leverage that they probably never would have had had things gone normally over the course of Zion's career. So what I mean by that is I think the threat of Zion taking a qualifying offer the next year, meaning uh, he's not going to even test restricted free agency. He's saying, I'm going to take this offer and leave after that fifth year. I think that threat is lower than ever before, largely because of his um, because of his injuries and because if he also isn't healthy next year, that qualifying offer number was at 17 million. It drops down to like six. And so you're saying, Zion, 
you're going to accept $6 million and bet on yourself and give up 200, whatever, you know, whatever that extension is going to be 180, 200, whatever it is, give up that much. I think that's a bluff that the Pelicans are very ready to call at this moment. Whereas previously, I think that was a legitimate, you know, like fear, like, okay, Zion, if that qualifying offer 17 million um, and he's making about like 20 million, whatever in endorsements, because he's got a, I think it's 15 mil per from Jordan. And then he's got stuff on top of that. Right. Um, so you can very well be like, all right, cool. I'll take that 17 that year, take my endorsement money and then go to free agency and be completely unrestricted. But now I think that's off the table. And because the Pelicans don't like can go back to the table again next year and offer him a deal. If he proves it, I think this year, the one they put on the table is, protected is the one with injury provisions and they basically say like hey this is what we got you want to bet on yourself do it but this is what we have and and well just like brandon ingram if you prove it to us uh over the course of this final year if you can play it out then cool we'll come back to table and put the rest on it too it's interesting five i mean zion obviously that makes really good points by both Lido and schmidt you know him being more accessible obviously contract year out of the spotlight, you know, what are you seeing from a young, I guess, 22 year old who used to be a, you know, worldwide superstar? He still is, but he's he was out of the limelight for a little bit. Man, it was it was a picture today that I saw. It was him in a local gym around some yes. local kids at some AAU tournament. Now, Willie Green was at a AAU tournament locally here with uh, from I think it's Chris. Hey, Chris, yeah, 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 he posted a picture. But anyway. This city, you have to be tangible. Like, if you want to be a star in this city, you have to be tangible. People should be able to pause, touch you. Like, be in your area. That's why I said tangible, because that's a little bit better. See, like, the stars is working for me, but I had to explain it. So that's why I'm at. Man, he has to be around people. And not just, like, you know, the the uppity-ups of New Orleans. No, you have to be down... You know, sitting next to some kids that you don't know. Like, they want that picture so they can put on their refrigerator. Like, man, I was next to Zion Williamson. Like, sitting next to him, and we was cool. We chopped it up. He had on all Jordan gear. Like, it was gravy. Like, that's what you want. Because what that does, that one kid tells his entire class, and that, that entire class tells their entire family. And then now you're like a myth. Like, they talk about you like, you know, if you if you really want to look at Tyron Matthew, look at the love Tyron Matthew got by just signing. Like we're just talking about signing a contract to play for the New Orleans Saints. This man went on a media tour. Like he was on <laughs> everything. Like that's the that's the impact you yeah. want to have. You might want to surround yourself about around people like that that have that kind of influence on the city, so you can you know rub off on that. It's it's all about it. So they can get some off you, you get some off them, and it's. It's a great business deal, uh, that's, but that's what that's what Zion should should want to do. He should continue to do what he's what he did this past week. All three of y'all make great points. You know, I I completely agree. And, and Shimon, I'm gonna end it with you here. Um, is Zion's camp finally playing ball? You know, like how we've been begging for just access, not necessarily access, but like you know how Kyra did a little workout video, like, oh, his ACL looks pretty good. Like he's progressing. Zion never did that. Is is Zion's camp finally playing ball with all this social media and these pictures and things like that? Oh, wait, hold up. Schmidt's muted. Go. 
Uh, Schmidt, yeah, you're yeah, sorry. There you go. Was go ahead. Uh, I think. I think they're being very smart about his public image as they always have. I think they've known when exactly to promote him and push him. Um, just like when he was about to get drafted, he was the face of everything. You know, he was uh, when he was first here, actually, he was going around to all those football games. Um, and, you know, you could see him out and about. And then when things were bad, they took him out of the public sphere because they knew like, hey, they, we didn't want um people out there just taking a picture of him and then someone on the internet or hundreds of people on the internet talking about his weight or how it looks like or whatever and now that things are going well again and there's also another incentive down the line aka the contract they are bringing it back into the public space so i think this whole thing is entirely consistent with them just managing every aspect of what they want his image to be i think that they have definitely fumbled some of that along the way um by taking away some of that access, like you talked about, where they could have very easily have controlled the narrative on him this past year at moments, but they kind of let others tell that story. And, um, you know, they let guys like JJ Reddick get on national television and call him disinterested and detached and on all that kind of stuff. And um, I think that was this mismanagement of, on their part, but now I think they're seeing there's advantages to it, but also, there is very much a monetary incentive attached here. Yeah. I mean, go ahead, Fox. Who knew that JJ Reddick was going to be the savior? Like, who knew? Insane. I did not have that in my uh, Pelicans. Uh... Oh, I forgot the name. Oh, man. I messed up. My <laughs> I was ready for it. I don't. I'm glad you brought that up, Five, because I like went from despising JJ Reddick Lido to Ouija board. That's what it was supposed to be. School. That's good. Yeah. I like. I like fuck with JJ. Like I like him. Like Lito. Like I, I feel like an asshole for saying it, but like I like him. I don't know. Like I like him because it's funny because he's defended the Pelicans ever since he's left. Besides, you know when he went to the Mavericks, but like I, I think JJ's really consistent in who he is. Right? Like he he yeah. does this countless of times. Like he's not afraid to call out people. He's consistent in his message. Um, and, you know he was a little bratty about the contract. You know here and there, but you know who who isn't. Who isn't, you know, when money and he wanted to get to the playoffs, he wanted to get on the contender, you know, he was promised something. And, you know, people getting their feelings. And maybe that's literally directed towards the, the front office and not the team, right? And we kind of like, we took that as a whole because he was directing it towards us as New Orleans Pelicans. Like, we took that to an offense, but he was really directing it at, at you know the front office, but well, he he went and says it was directed at one person only. Well, first, but the funny part is on the podcast he he called out Trajan by name as well, and then he's like, no, it's directed at one person only. Well, like, <laughs> you can't be saying that and then be on Twitter fighting with Pelicans fans and calling them like all twelve. You know, it was just like he's very much like in his feelings. But I think it's kind of like the Stan Van Gundy thing where it's like these guys are like when they're on TV, they're amazing analysts and they have this ability to kind of be objective. And, and, you know, like, I guess, take the bird's eye view and talk about everything in a very fair way. And I guess then when they're in the thick of it, like, no one wants to be around them or they, they're not easy to get along with. I, right. I don't know, but that seems to be the theme. <laughs> That's good. Lita, anything else? Um, no, man, I, I agree with what everybody said about JJ. I mean, he, un, unbeknownst to him, gave a name to a group of fans to a franchise. So, you know, shout out to JJ. Uh, JJ hates Bob Cousio, so 
<laughs> dog, we gotta we gotta start taking people out this top seventy five, dog. Bob Cousy, Bob Cousy was not better than Kyrie, bro. Like I, I, I don't. I've been that. saying that five when we did that podcast. I said we have to start taking people out the top seventy five, man. I, I know it's the hot take, but I mean, I mean, can you believe Tracy McGrady is that top seventy five? Like I, that I, is that's a podcast in itself. I mean, I'm upset. I'm distraught. I'm, he was my favorite player. I mean, yeah. Oh, I gotta say this. I gotta say this. Shout out to my guy Ivory Clark. Is that uh car man? So me and Ivory were talking about Jabari Griffin, and he kind of hurt my feelings. I mean, Jabari Smith, I'm sorry. And he kind of hurt my feelings because he told me, and I couldn't believe it. I sat on this for like two days. He said that Trey Murphy is better than Jabari right now. And I guess it's a win-win for me because after, <laughs> after we dropped Jabari, I'm like, yo. So that, that had me looking back at Trey's tape like, I don't know, man. I don't know. I Trey's gonna take the next step. Trey's gonna be really good. I don't know if he's better than Jabari. Jabari's look, man. If you got two of those dudes, it's a good problem to have. And yes, we're, yes. we're literally seeing every single team. There's not. There's, you cannot get enough shooting, and especially uh, guys who can defend and shoot at the same yeah. time. So if if they end up on the same team, you're not gonna see me complain at all. <laughs> No, jeez, that'd be that'd be awesome. So, anyways, appreciate y'all uh, tuning in. If you can, um, if you're watching on YouTube, hit that subscribe button. Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, uh, Propels Talk, and then Conrad Five, uh, Lido the God, Schmidt Dua. Um, anything else? That was fun. That was a good one. Every Sunday night, we're coming at you live. Well, not live, but recorded. Um, other than that, Suns lost by forty or down by forty, so it's a, just an absolutely fantastic night. I got a uh, question. Yeah, go ahead. going into the next round of these series, who y'all got? Oh, uh, I think this Miami and Celtics series is about to be insane. Yes, yeah. Like they yeah. do a lot of the same things, and they want to, you know, they pose their will defensively, and they switch everything. I think Horford and Bam, that matchup is going to be like the key. Um, man, I really don't know, Lito, but I think this might be some of the best basketball you'll see in this series. Yeah. I'm going Celtics. I like Celtics in six. I think Tatum's on a whole different level. And then if you're getting guys like Pritchard and Smart and Horford, uh, you know, contribute offensively really well. I mean, they're tough right now. They're really tough. What I'll say is, um, it depends on, on Kyle Lowry a little bit. I think he can be that X factor, but I, I, I think Spolstra is a better game manager than Bud, and he's damn well not going to let Grant Williams hit eight threes or seven threes and not change the scheme. Um, you know, Miami, Miami has been very creative with their defensive stuff. Um, you know, I was reading some somewhere or someone was tweeting about how they had James Harden, who was one of the best like pick and roll passers in the game like completely misreading the timing of where the help was coming from or where it wasn't coming from. Um, and the Celtics just don't have that level of a shot creator. They just, they just don't. And it, a lot of their offense depends on Jason Tatum becoming individually great um, and hitting a lot of shots and Jalen Brown be- becoming individually great. And then credit to them, they've turned from a team that used to just absolutely not pass the ball at all to actually sharing the ball and working to find open shots. But I think Miami's, much more adaptive and I think a little better rotationally than than the Bucks without Middleton. And I can't count them out. Not at the level that Jimmy Butler's been playing at. 
Hold on one second before we, before we close. Bud should have been fired. Oh Bud should have so been fired. He was he was on his way out. They, I think they were down 0-2 before they won it before they won a championship. It was down 0-2. Like it was hot seat for Bud. And then they go on this run and then they give him a contract. I'm like, no. You, you messed up. Yeah. I mean, you kind of got like when you win, like you kind of got to. Like it's just one of those things where like yeah, like I know that there's probably a better move out there, but we just won the whole damn thing. And, yeah. Man, Which who's more man? over? Who's who's worse, Doc or Bud? Doc. Ooh, Doc, 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 Doc man. Doc. <laughs> Listen, Doc. Bud, Bud, Lito, Bud's making a run for it. He's atrocious. <laughs> it's close. <laughs> they neck and neck, man. They they fight the race for 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 terrible. Bud was trying to give the ring away last year. He was trying to give that shit away. He didn't want it. Yeah, but until Bud blows multiple three-one leads, man, I feel like that's that you know that that's that's the icing on the cake there. And that's where I gave Griffin so much credit. And I've been hard on Griff, but Griff turned it around, totally redeemed himself. But he could have stuck with Stan Van Gundy, and he would he didn't. He like that was a hard hard fire to do. Like I don't think people realize because he was paying Gentry. And he's paying Stan Van Gundy, and they weren't even coaching the Pelicans. That was a tough move, but it was a move that needed to be made, led to Willie Green. That move right there, uh, I think, is underrated. But Schmidt Dua, uh, five. I don't want to call you Jarrett. Jarrett, yeah. five. Hey, man, just stop putting the names under here or something like that, man. You, you want the names or no? Put yeah. the names under the bottom, man. Just, <laughs> so we got to the God. Uh, signing off. Uh, before we get off, remember, Boo Crew Me is sponsored by DraftKings Sportsbook app. It's major time in Tulsa. Golf's second major of the year is this week. Make sure you download the Sportsbook app now. Use code BOOT. Bet $5 on any golf. Any golf. Like, you can bet the matchups. You can bet who can, who's going to win, who's going to do whatever. Top five, you win $100 in free bets no matter what. That's code BOOT only at DraftKings Sportsbook app. If you're someone you know has a gambling problem, crisis counseling, and referral services, services can be accessed by calling 1-800-GAMBLER. Once again, signing off every Sunday night. Holler at y'all later.